The Long Box Crusade presents... Action Film Face-Off. This episode, it's 1996 versus 1980. Two films enter. One film leaves. Two men enter. One man leaves. Two men enter. One man leaves. Oh boy, welcome to Action Film Face-Off. This is a show where two random years are selected. My brother will bring an action film from one of the random years. I will bring an action film from the other random year. Then these two films will do battle using a variety of criteria, and a champion will be crowned by the end of the episode. I'm Jared Albrecht, the Death Probe. My co-host is my brother, Jason, the Weasel Skull. We are both military combat vets who take our action very seriously, but not too seriously. So let's have some fun. We got us a regular episode this time, Jason. Just a regular Mm -hmm. episode. We do have a sniper here. We'll introduce the sniper shortly. But this is not a blind fire or a holiday or a special. Well, to be honest, mine that I picked was a blind fire for yeah, me. First true. time I'd seen that one. Jason's pick was a blind fire for me as well. I'd never seen it either. So it's a half blind fire. Mm-hmm. We're half blind. Half blind on this one. One eye open. <laughs> and we are going to have an exciting announcement about the next episode at the end of this show. So stay tuned for that. But I'll give it over to Jason for his part. Thank you, sir. Today, we are going to score each of today's films on a scale of 1 to 10 in five categories. Those categories are the story, the overall spectacle, the best action scene, the hero, and the villain. Laurel, why haven't we fixed this yet? It's not in this order. It's not in that order. (laughs) She she hasn't answered her phone all day. I know. Where's my coffee? God dang it. Oh, well. Then there will be the deduction round where up to 10 points can be subtracted from the film's total for whatever we determine is the low point of the movie. Excellent. Thank you, Jason. And as I promised, we have a sniper for this episode. And here's how the sniper position works. If this is your first time listening to our show and we'd like to welcome you. The sniper has just one point to give out in each category. So while Jason and I are going to score it in our usual 1 to 10, the sniper has to be very binary. So when we get to like category of story, the sniper has to say, my point either goes to movie A or movie B. That's it. One point to give. So the sniper can sway the voting for up to five points, which we've had some episodes where that would make the difference. <laughs> Not the Alan Quartermain episode, though. Anyways, <laughs> let's go ahead and meet our sniper. We have a longtime fan of the show, a fun guy on Twitter. It is Black Belt Chris. Black Belt Chris, welcome to the show. Uh, thanks for having me on, guys. Are you going to teach us uh, Black Belt stuff today? I could, though it sounds like your brother's a... Uh, uh, doesn't he teach uh, combat? Uh, that was me. That was me. No, I, that's, that's yeah. Jared. Yeah. Oh, that's Jared. Jared yeah. I, mm-hmm. ta- I taught combat self-defense combat for many self-defense. years. And you, and I, you and I could probably trade uh, quite a few uh, little secrets. <laughs> Yeah, and of course, I mean, Jason is uh, military combat trained as well, so we're all we're all ready to fight here, uh, <laughs> but, but we're not going to. <laughs> no, no, yeah, my, my fighting days are behind me, I think. <laughs> Chris, let's get to know you just a bit. So 
your emails black belt x2 do you hold two black belts in two different uh, arts no or? i'm actually a second degree black belt oh okay second degree black belt in shoru karate nice nice i've been x- doing it for 23 23 24 years i stopped training to advance about four years ago i got too hectic with both me my wife and our son in it we were you know going here there and everywhere traveling to you know two different dojos and like mm-hmm. I, I can't do it anymore and then when our sensei said yeah you guys ought to start thinking about your rounding up a team for your third degree black belt test i'm thinking oh man i don't know if i can do that to my son again you know take away an entire summer you know no. for us training i see i see so we train still train just to keep up with our stuff and hit seminars and Okay, well, very cool. Very cool. Maybe you'll have some insights on the hand-to-hand combat in this one. <laughs> there's not a ton of it in this episode. <laughs> no, not in this episode, no. Oh, well, here comes the hardest part of the introduction for the sniper, for Black Belt Chris here. What are three of your favorite action films? I say Die Hard, Aliens, and Enter the Dragon. Those are all correct answers. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wallace victory. <laughs> Those are perfect. Yeah. To me, aliens, I watch at least once a year. Oh, and I, just... I, I probably crank through that too, maybe three times a year. I, I love it. I love it. Oh, it's so good. What a great, great, great movie. All those are great selections. Of those, we've only had one on the show. We've done yeah. it with the dragon. So I'm sure the others are going to show up as soon as the randomizer lands <laughs> on the right, right ear. Yeah. Well, all right. Now that we've got no black belt, Chris, just a bit. And before our two films entered the video dome arena, which I think we got some spikes on order for it. I'll have to check with Laurel, see what the, where they are in the pipeline. Maybe that's where she's at. I asked her to sharpen the spikes. Well, we're thrilled to kick off this episode with special shout outs to our Crusaders Club members. These are the fine folks who have joined our crusade. They enjoy early access to special long box episodes. They get to vote on show content. They get automatically entered in raffles on our live streams and so much more. These are the folks reaping the benefits and giving some much appreciated support to the show. And Helica Wolf. Oh. Auburn Elvis. Bill Beer. Blasted or stashing. Braxton Underwood. Clinton Robinson. Dave Collins, which you know him as Battle Wagon. Battle Wagon. Gary V. Gerald Green. Greg Van Leuven. Jeremy L. Jim Jarman, Jim Jarman, Jim Jarman. I hope you like Jim Jarman too. I could never do that. Joe Thomas. John Watson. Jose Poyo. Josh Principal Strickland. Slackers. Kathy Bright. Monstrous Mark Hathaway. Maxwell Trevor. Michael Wagner. Miranda W. P.D. Devins. Paul Hicks. Rick from Jeff and Rick present. Rob Morgan. Ross Michaud. Ryan Daly. Samantha Maney. Sean Urbanski. Steve Cronin. Timmy. Tim Price. The Toronto Cop. Brad Morin. If we miss anyone on our list, we apologize. Just remember, we record these episodes well in advance of release. So if you're a recent addition, we will be adding you soon. But no worries. You can contact us at contact at longboxcrusade.com, and we will get it straightened out. You might ask yourself, how do I become a Crusaders Club member? Well, it's easy. No, it's not. <laughs> For most. You head over to patreon.com slash longboxcrusade. 
And for as little as just $1 a month, you get access to the amazing world of the Crusaders Club. Come check it out. Now, let's get back to the combat and learn a bit about the film Gladiators about to battle for your pleasure. This episode, I was assigned the year of 1996, and I have selected Broken Arrow, starring John Travolta and Christian Slater. What year did the randomizer select for you, Jason? Well, I got 1980 and put into our Videodome Arena, the final countdown. Starring Kirk Douglas and Martin Sheen. Well, we've got a fine matchup for this one, folks. Place your bets, place your bets. But it's important to point out that this isn't Jared versus Jason. We each had to select from our signed year. And like Jason said, we did sort of a half blind fire. Neither one of us has ever seen Final Countdown. We just took it as an opportunity to do so. So anyway, I might like his selection better than mine or vice versa. This is about us discussing some beloved action films and coming to a consensus on which one is this episode's champion. Uh, Real quick, where did we see it? Let's see. I think I watched Final Countdown. uh, I think it was free on Amazon. Broken Arrow I had already on my Plex server digitally. Jason, how did you watch these films? Uh, Like you, I watched Final Countdown free on Amazon. Paid a small rental fee for Broken Arrow. I figured since I was on Amazon there anyway, I'd just cough up four bucks and watch it there. Makes sense. What about you, Chris? I actually bit the bullet and bought them. Oh, that's right. Because <laughs> I put, remember, I put that picture up when I started doing my homework and the final uh-huh. countdown. You're like, ooh, fancy. Yeah, <laughs> you're Blu ray so of the Blu-ray. final countdown. You and all in. I like it. <laughs> well, when Jared put this one up that he was doing the final countdown, I'm like, oh man, I haven't seen that in, since I was a teenager. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to buy this so I can put it in my collection. <laughs> nice. And what about Broken Arrow? Same thing. I, I picked that one up too as a three pack as part of Broken Arrow. Blow out and get shorty. <laughs> All right. Oh, wow. Okay. Good. Cool. Not too shabby. So there's some places where you can find it out there, folks. And now your spoiler warning. We're clearly going to spoil both the final countdown and broken arrow. So if you haven't seen any of those films, now's your chance to pause the podcast and go check them out. We will give you to the other side of this musical break to do so. You've been warned. You hopefully have watched these films by now, but if not, eh, we'll get you through it. So let me jump in with some quick info on 1996's Broken Arrow. They are America's first line of defense. Best of friends. Hi, Captain. Snap of the earth. Here we go. Fierce competitors. Very nicely done. Almost as good as me. Ready to protect our nation against any threat. Carrying the nukes. You love having the power of God at your fingertips. Not tonight, buddy. But what if the enemy is one of them? What the hell are you doing? We got pilots down. We got ourselves a broken arrow. A broken what? what we call it when we lose a nuclear weapon. I don't know what's scarier, losing nuclear weapons, but that happens so often there's actually a term for it. The only thing more dangerous than what he knows. They believe they've got an exposed core. they got to send in a nuclear emergency search team. By the time they find us, we'll be gone. Is what he's prepared to do. $250 million by 0900 Utah time. 
If you have not... Good God. I don't know what the big deal is. I really don't. But there's one thing... Smile, boys. We're about to retire. He didn't count on. I know his mind works. You gotta let me go after him. Outstanding, Hale. That's the spirit. Would you mind not shooting at the thermonuclear weapons? And what are we doing? If you enter the wrong code three times, the nuke goes dead. Unless, of course, I already thought of that ahead of time. You just activated a nuclear warhead, my friend. The clock is ticking. All right, as I said before, this one stars John Travolta and Christian Slater is directed by John Woo, who's always welcome on Action Film Face Off. <laughs> Synopsis goes a little something like this. Major Deacons and Captain Hale are the pilots of a cutting-edge stealth bomber. Major Deacons is a bit of a mentor to the young Captain Hale, but the Major has decided to go his own route. He's decided to steal a couple of nuclear warheads in order to make himself and his co-conspirators filthy rich. Can Captain Hale, with the help of a park ranger named Terry Carmichael, stop Deacons in time? Probably. I mean, it's an action film, but you know, you should watch it if you haven't watched it. All right, here's your interesting trivia that I dug up. I went and researched lots of books. I went to the library. Actually, I just went to IMDb. Here's what I, here's what I got for you. Hey, you went to the same source I did. <laughs> That's why I always go for my trivia. So there you go. John Travolta was given his choice on this one because, remember, he was very hot at the time. Pulp Fiction had popped, and his star was, was very, very hot at the time. So the producers and director actually gave him his choice. He could either play Deacons or Hale in the film. So he chose to play the villain because he thought it would be more fun. And given his performance, guys, I think he made the absolute right choice. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Little tip of our cards is the scoring when we get to the villain round. He's going to get a good score for me. So Samantha Mathis, who played the park ranger, Terry Carmichael, asked her personal friend, Sandra Bullock, for tips on doing action scenes because she hadn't done such a all-out action movie so far. In fact, I only knew her from the Super Mario Brothers movie. (laughs) She was actually in that. But anyway, let me get back to my trivia. She asked Sandra Bullock for tips on how to do action scenes, and Bullock said, just simply hum the James Bond theme before every take. And I was like, hell yeah, Sandra Bullock. That's good good advice. Yeah, Yeah, her her rating just went up with me, because, you know, we're Jason and I are both the, on the uh, on Her Majesty's Secret Podcast Network because our love for James Bond runs deep. Oh, I'm a, I'm a huge Bond fan myself. <laughs> nice. I knew something I liked about Black Belt, Chris. <laughs> All right. And my third and final one is John Travolta's character Deacons took off his uniform after he was revealed to be a traitor because it was requested by the United States military. And when they were cooperating to help make the film, they said, you know, could he not be in uniform after he becomes a traitor? So it doesn't, you know. Tarnish the brand, and I thought, oh, that's I didn't notice that, but now that they mentioned it, I, I you know, it. I, I did <laughs> notice. I mean, it was noticeable when he changed because it 
kind of played that up. Like, yeah, he, he like put on like, his like turtle neck. Like, yeah, that is like, <laughs> I mean, he looked dope. I mean, he looked, <laughs> he, he was in great shape and everything. But yeah, that's interesting. I didn't realize there was that specific purpose behind it. Well, now we know. And that's what the trivia section's for. And I'm done running my mouth for now mm-hmm. about Broken Arrow. <laughs> what you got, Jason? So I will give you good folks the rundown on the final countdown. You are on board the USS Nimitz, the most advanced nuclear super ship in the American arsenal, carrying a complement of 102 aircraft and 6,000 men. The Nimitz is on routine duty, guarding the waters of the South Pacific. That Corsair is in real trouble. But within minutes, a bizarre, unexplainable phenomenon of nature will transport the Nimitz 40 years back in time. Back to the day of infamy, back to the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor. Oh my gosh, look at that. This is the captain. I'm speaking to every man aboard this ship. The storm has had some effect on time, as we know it. It it created a portal. A door into another era. Today is December the 7th, 1941. We're about to fight a battle that was lost before most of you were born. This time, God's help is going to be different. There are forces in the universe which we're only now just beginning to understand. There are black holes in space, antimatter, curved space. Things that are as strange to us as electricity would have been to people in the Middle Ages. Holy cow, the whole Japanese fleet. Our reconnaissance plane has just taken pictures of something that hasn't existed for over 40 years. What have you got? Two Japanese zeros, sir. Splash the zero. expert on what's going to happen tomorrow. Why don't you tell him about it, for God's sakes? Go on, tell him. We got nothing to lose. Welcome to the paradox of time, when past and present become one, and history is actually changed. We've got an incredible opportunity here. We know where all the mistakes are going to be made for the next 40 years, and you've got the power to correct them. The final countdown. The cast included Kirk Douglas, Martin Sheen, Catherine Ross, and James Farentino. It was directed by Don Taylor. Synopsis goes a little something like this. When the USS Nimitz travels through a mysterious portal, they find themselves near Hawaii the day before the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor. Suddenly able to use their modern warfighting aircraft to stop the dreadful day, 
the captain and the crew wrestle with one question. Should they? Now, my trivia nuggets include, and I didn't know this. I was was in the military for a long time, but didn't know a whole lot about the Navy. But apparently in the Navy, each ship plays breakaway music when they finish refueling and replenishing at sea. So when ships break apart after they're done refueling or whatever, each ship has its own unique song that it plays. So, for example, the USS Boxer plays the Rocky theme. The USS Enterprise Uh, plays the Star Trek theme. Oh. And the USS Nimitz to this day. (laughs) I bet I know what it is. Plays this theme from the final countdown. Although I got to admit, I think they should just play the Europe song. Uh, (laughs) song. But I thought that was pretty cool. That is cool. I didn't know that. Again, both of us spent a long time in the military, and I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. News to me. The second bullet is originally Michael Douglas was to play the role of Warren Lasky, but he was still in production of the China Syndrome at the time, so the role went to Martin Sheen instead. And the final trivia nugget is, in the dogfight scene between the Japanese Zeros and the F-14 Tomcats, the World War II airplanes had to go max throttle while the Tomcats flew at near stall speed in order to get them in the same frame. (laughs) <laughs> I was wondering about that when I watched it. I was like, wouldn't it be like really hard to shoot those planes down? Because yeah, see, I, I was I was thinking the same thing. It's like, how did they get these two to match up? <laughs> yeah, they said it, there was actually kind of dangerous flying because the F-14s had to fly so slow. They were right at stall speed mm-hmm. the whole time. Wow. Very cool. All right. We learned a lot today. And now that we have the basics on today's contestants. Ladies and gentlemen, test your might. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! Fight! It's a street fight! Oh boy, let's get fired up because we're getting to the Battle Dome Arena. But before we start, just a couple of administrative things. First of all, the game within the game, match game. There are two movies, five categories. Jason hasn't seen my scores. I haven't seen his scores. How many times are we going to match? Place your bets now. How many out of 10 matches are we going to get? I don't know. Jason doesn't know, but we'll know in a few minutes. And let's get your score barometer set. Keep in mind that this is 1 to 10 and 5 is average. 5 is in the middle. It's something you'd see on a halfway decent made-for-TV movie. It gets the job done. It's not spectacular. It's not awful. It's just there. Moving up from there, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. You got a pretty good movie. 4, 3, 2, 1, row. You are an Alan Quartermain and the Temple of Skulls territory at this point. <laughs> Sorry, AQ. <laughs> you know, it's true. Uh, not to be confused with the Richard Chamberlains. We haven't done those. Those are a bit more fun than the Temple of Skulls was. Uh, anyway, so let's not rehash old episodes. Let's get into round one. Got my ass kicked. Round one is a story. How engaging or original is your story? We will start in 1996, and we will start with the thoughts of the Weasel Skull. We will have you go first, and then we'll hear from Chris. All right, starting in 1996 with Broken Arrow. I thought the story was fairly formulaic. It was kind of one of those 90s-type stories, kind of along the same lines as, you know, The Rock, which we talked about before. Not to say that it was bad by any stretch of the imagination. The story was good. There was a unique element of 
the concept of an Air Force officer stealing nuclear missiles kind of had me asking the question, like, do they, like, do any type of mental exam on these <laughs> folks where they allow them to fly, <laughs> you know, nuclear-laden aircraft around? Because this guy was clearly sociopathic. <laughs> but beyond that, I thought the story was actually pretty good. It's a cat-and-mouse chase picture. But it had interesting elements that made it a little bit unique. So I'll leave it at that. I wholeheartedly agree with that assessment. Chris, how did you view the story of Broken Arrow? I thought it was your typical 90s action movie. You know, just kind of amped up a little bit because, well, it's John Woo. <laughs> Correct. You know, so it's like you go in expecting explosions, gunfights, and a lot of slow motion. <laughs> and doves. Which, where which were my doves? Where the hell were the doves? <laughs> you know, I was wondering the same thing last night. I was watching it. I'm like, there's no doves. What the heck? <laughs> I was thinking the exact same I, thing. I bet the Laurel Mountain Flower was responsible for bringing doves to the set for John Woo. <laughs> We love you, Laurel. I, I enjoyed the story. I mean, it was different from what you usually see, you know, an Air Force pilot, you know, partnering with somebody else to steal nukes to basically sell them back to the U.S. <laughs> hey, cash grab. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Retirement fund. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sounds like you and Jason had similar thoughts on that. So let's move to 1980 and the story of Final Countdown. Chris, we'll start with you. Did you uh, feel like you're going to give it creativity points or is it too weird for you or where are you going to go with this? It wasn't too weird for me. Like I said, I saw this when I was a teenager and I, I loved it. I, I'm a big history buff, especially World War II stuff. So this is like right in my wheelhouse, you know, throwing in the alternate history, the spin on it was even better. I, I enjoyed it for what it was. I wasn't going to sit there and question it. It's like, oh, these guys are traveling back in time and they're going to prevent Pearl Harbor from happening. Like, yeah, I'm just, I'm along for the ride. I'm down for this. <laughs> I, I kind of felt the same way too, because I think as Jason alluded to in his summary, it's kind of like a, uh, you know, should they or shouldn't they? And I was like, eh, yeah, probably should. Cause it's going to look awesome on. Film. <laughs> 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 but uh, Jason, what'd you think of the story? Uh, two out there for you or just creative enough? I'm going to go just creative enough. You know, they didn't really explain the portal. Nope. They didn't really have to. It was just a mechanism to get them from point A to, well, maybe time A to time B. <laughs> like Chris, I am a student of history. I enjoy history. So this one uh, was kind of in my wheelhouse as well. I guess the thing that I found most unique about it that I didn't consider when I started watching it. I kind of thought I knew what I was getting into because people mm -hmm. talked about it. The film's been around for a while. But the unique element that I found was when they go through the portal, really the captain and the bridge crew, his the nucleus of the ship, so to speak, they're figuring this stuff out as it goes. What I didn't appreciate that I, I came to appreciate when watching the film was you kind of see it through the lens of everybody else on that ship. And everybody else is kind of like stovepiped in their little compartment. So it's not just should I or shouldn't I. It's like, how the heck do I explain this to my crew without mm -hmm. looking like I've lost my GD mind? Yeah. 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 We're 40 years in reverse here. <laughs> That's right. I'm going to ask you to shoot down some Japanese zeros from 1941. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it so, was kind of cool to see, like, people thought, well, they thought we were at war. Are we at nuclear mm -hmm. war? Like, mm -hmm. right. nobody, everybody yeah. had different theories. And 
like you said, even the people in charge were piecing the puzzle together. Nobody knew what was happening. Yeah, it's like they're getting little clues from the music on the radio to the, you know, hey, I'm not getting any messages coming through the usual channels. I'm getting some weird stuff coming through these old channels. They're starting to piece it together. Meanwhile, you know, Swabby on the cook deck is like... (laughs) What is going on out here? You know, it's like, you know, these cats probably when they go to sea, they may never go up on the bridge at all, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. or if they do, they probably could count it on their hand, you know, on one hand, the amount of times they get to go up on the bridge. So it was kind of interesting viewpoint for me to see it from all the folks that make up the composition of this aircraft carrier and how they're like, like you said, this is height of Cold War. Are we at war with the Russians? Was a nuclear weapon just detonated? What's going on? And so people are freaking out, understandably. All right. We've got good takes on uh, both those films. Let's double back and do a little scoring. We'll start with Jason I's 1 to 10, and then we'll find out where Chris is going to put his sniper round. I have my suspicions. All right, Jason, Broken Arrow 1 to 10. What do you got? I'm giving it a six. I think it was, like I said, an average 90s type story with average 90s type pacing, but it had a couple unique flavors in there with the nuclear weapons and the complex plot that went along with it. I thought uh, enough to bump it up to a six for me. Okay. I'm a little more of a homer for it. I went to seven, probably because in 1996, I was in Air Force ROTC. And so I was very Air Force minded. And Let's be honest, we don't get, when I say we, the United States Air Force, don't get a lot of cool movies. This is one of the rare cool ones that's very Air Force oriented. <laughs> Trying to think of the second one. Stargate is the other one you were thinking. Stargate's a good Stargate. one, man. <laughs> yeah, rock on Stargate. Trust me, every Air Force guy is like, we, we've got Broken Arrow, we've got Stargate, Good Morning Vietnam, he was an airman, mm-hmm. and Iron Eagle? <laughs> Which makes the Air Force actually look foolish. <laughs> Even a teenage boy can fly better than the yes, Air Force. Yes. The high school kids ripping off aircraft like the Air Force. Like, oh, how did this happen? Oh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Dad oh. left the keys to the F-16. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a little bit near and dear to my heart as an Air Force film. So I gave it a little bit of a bonus to a seven. All right, let's go to the final countdown. Why didn't they ever make a sequel to that movie? because <laughs> then it would have been the semi-final <laughs> uh one to ten i feel like there's creativity points in our future what are you giving it yeah i think this one was well above average i gave it a seven you know there were some elements in there like i talked about i didn't really predict so i thought oh that that's good on them for thinking of that angle uh the rest of it was fairly well done for the 80s but overall i thought it was just unique enough for me to bump it up to a seven all right, I just must have been in that one step better mood because I gave it an eight just because of its wild creativity. Like you said, they never explained the time portal, but you didn't really need to. It was, no. And then like you said, I, I was just really quite taken with the cleverness of it. Like this obviously was a thought that, that planted in somebody's mind. What if you took a ship back and then would you and wouldn't you? And what would that look like to the crew and how would that develop? So I gave it an eight, um, knowing full well that, spoiler alert, 
it's really not much of an action film. So it yeah, needed a, a bump yeah. in one, at least one category. <laughs> yeah, I kind of felt the same way. I think, you know, if you looked at it as an action film with our categories, this is the one where I think Final Countdown definitely uh, comes out a little bit ahead of. Yes, uh, yeah, I would yeah. definitely agree with that. Definitely. So speaking of which, Chris, load up your sniper's bullet. You have one bonus point. You can either give the bonus point for Story to Broken Arrow or Final Countdown. What are you going to do? Well, it is going to the final countdown. The other thing I liked about the final countdown is it has that Twilight Zone feel to it, you know, because because there was a Twilight Zone episode that dealt with this very thing. And I'm a a fan of the Twilight Zone, too. So I'm giving it to the final countdown. Cool. I am just starting my adventure through Twilight Zone. I think we're watching them on Netflix, I think, carries it as a streaming service. I may Um, be wrong. They they carry it. And I think Hulu does, too. That's where I'm watching it again now. I'm just kind of going through season one slowly but surely. Great show. I don't think I've gotten to this episode yet, but mm-hmm. uh, what? Yeah, it, it is very Twilight Twilight Zonian. It's gonna be a new word. <laughs> All right, that's the end of the story, Rap. All right, I guess that makes it my turn. Everybody back! And I'm gonna talk about the hero. So we're going to discuss how cool is the hero? Uh, is he like Han Solo cool, or is he like? Uh, well, I don't want to. I, I don't want to belittle the uh, new Star Wars <laughs> movies. But you know where I'm going with this. Guy. Is he on the other end of the Star Wars? Thing? Let's go with the Star Wars holiday special. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, no. the other end. The holiday special, cool. Let's talk about Final Countdown, the hero or heroes, I guess, is in this case of the Final Countdown. And I'll start with Jared. Okay. Uh, You got Kirk Douglas? (laughs) Captain Kirk. You you got Martin Sheen. Mm -hmm. You got that Mm -hmm. other guy who was like the big student of history, who was writing a book. Uh, That would be Commander Richard Owens. Yeah, Yeah, I was trying to think of his name. A.K.A. Mr. Tideman. Spoiler alert. Mr. Tyman was the guy that sponsored uh, Warren Lasky to go aboard the oh, okay, okay. mysterious oh, guy oh, in the oh. car at the beginning and then revealed yes. at the end. Yes. Wish I had paid more attention in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Anyway, oh, I didn't even catch that. <laughs> I, I did not close that loop <laughs> either. But okay, so you had basically three main leads with those three guys. And frankly, None of them did anything particularly amazing, incredible, or super heroic. I thought mm-hmm. they were all kind of different voices. You know, the captain's like, he had to have the captain's voice. You know, I need to find out what's going on. I got to make decisions. And you had Lasky, who was sort of like that, you know, he's a civilian, and he sort of has that civilian perspective. You know, like, okay, he's he's figuring this out along with them. And then he starts asking the moral questions. And, you know, Kirk Douglas is more like, well, I'm the captain of the ship, and America's about to be attacked. So tough for those guys. <laughs> <laughs> that's a bad day for those guys. <laughs> you know? So, you know, last he's asking those those deep questions, and then you had, what's his name again? Commander? Commander Owens. Commander Owens, who's also asking these deep questions because he's a big student of history. So they all had their role to play. I don't know. I guess in the end, I'd say the one who probably did the most amount of quote-unquote action would be Commander Owens, but they make a good trio of debate but as far as like hardcore action heroes 
not really any of them are. <laughs> there, there, there are a few MPs that that showed up to a stressful situation that were a little more action than they were. Uh, still, they were, it was well acted. And they were good characters, so they're not going to get an awful score from me. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I got to give you know as far as action is concerned, you got to give it up to that Japanese prisoner of war man. He's yeah, mm-hmm. some fools. <laughs> hey, wasn't that Lieutenant Hip from the man with the golden gun? I think so. Yes. I yes. Think that's soon. Soon techo. I know it's yeah. like, Oh, I know that guy. <laughs> My James Bond sense was tingling. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. So Chris, we haven't heard from you. What are your thoughts on the hero of I, final countdown? You know, I, I struggled with this one because you watch it and you're like, all right, who's the hero and who's the villain. And I think Jared's right. You've got the three main guys. They could be considered the hero group. And each one of them is, a, a voice for it's like do we leave history alone you know what do we do if we start screwing around with things here what's going to happen in the future we should leave things the same we should go in and save pearl harbor and then you've got kirk douglas who's like well i have to do what i'm trained to do which is defend pearl harbor yeah. you've got three different conflicting points of view here i think we all three see this from the same angle mm-hmm. Definitely have the trifecta of the three folks with their unique viewpoints. I really did kind of appreciate that because uh, Kirk Douglas sure did Occam's Razor that bad boy at the end, didn't he? <laughs> uh, this is a U.S. war fighting ship. And, uh, you know, when we say we're ready to fight anytime, anywhere, we mean anytime. Literally anytime. <laughs> anytime. <laughs> I see bad guys, I blow up bad guys. That's what we do. That's right. You got to admire that simplicity. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about Captain Hale from uh, Broken Arrow. Uh, what do we think of that? We'll start with you this time, Chris. Christian Slater doesn't strike me as an action star. And that's what really threw me with this movie was, you know, he doesn't strike me as an action star. But he filled the role well. Mm-hmm. He threw in his usually snarky, you know, one-liners here and there that you typically see in his other movies. I mean, I liked him, you know, but I wouldn't put him up there with other action stars or you know action star wannabes i mean he was decent i liked it and i I liked the play between him and travolta in the movie he was he was good yeah and it was it was believable good and believable that's what we got for christian slater uh what do you got to add to that jared very similar to what chris uh, just said I do like it when you get an actor who kind of gets a little bit of a new flavor, you know, that sort of all out action star for Christian Slater. And like Chris said, I think he stepped up and I think he did a really good job. Like I enjoyed him in it. It made me think, would I like to see him as an action star in more movies? Yeah, I think I would. Cause you know, he's kind of got that sarcastic quippy way about him similar to, not similar in delivery, but in concept, like Bruce Willis kind of does that as well. And I thought he did really well. I would have liked to see him get picked up for a couple other action movies and spread those wings a little bit. But for his kind of first big time, you know, John Woo film. Yeah, I think he did really well. And I I never got bored watching him on screen. And that's got to be a good sign. Yeah, I will say that in the 90s, he was in a couple action movies that pop into my mind. Uh, Young Guns 2. Uh, True. True. Uh, Cuffs. Yeah. That, uh, <laughs> Cuffs. I need to see that again. <laughs> Cuffs. I like Cuffs. Cuffs was a good one. <laughs> I guess True Romance kind of had a action-y... I didn't think of that one, but yeah. I, True I've Romance. never seen that one. There's one. I think it was called Hard Rain that he was in. With, mm, uh, I haven't with seen Rain. that, but Hard I know Rain. what's Yeah. He's dabbled 
But I, I think he did pretty well in that full throttle John Woo style. But, you know. I don't think Bruce Lee needs to worry about handing him the action film crown anytime soon. No, but. <laughs> <laughs> no he, he should stick to gunplay. Although I will say, you know, his his hand-to-hand combat scenes at the beginning in the boxing round, and uh, uh, he did some hand-to-hand fisticuffs mm-hmm. on the train. Pretty well executed. Yeah, yeah, yeah I was looking. I, I've got two subject matter experts here. I'm looking forward to talking about that a uh, little bit when we start talking about spectacle. All right, let's go ahead and score them up. Final countdown. Heroes, uh, final countdown. What are you giving it, Jared? I'm going to be, I guess, generous. So, <laughs> that makes it sound so bad. I'm going to give it a six, sort of a team effort. And it's a lot of it is just kind of built on the star power of Martin Sheen and Kirk Douglas. And everybody did a good job of, of well acted. But, you know, just six. No explanations. I'm giving it six. Okay. Well, this is one where uh, I think I was a little more generous than you. I gave it a seven. I thought all three of them brought a very unique flavor to the story. I particularly like Kirk Douglas. I really like the scene when he has all of the officers in the briefing room area, and he's kind of putting them on the spot. Hey, give me your assessment. You know, give me an update. I need more information. And it just warmed my military cockles to see him in that yeah. really weird situation, you know, keep an order amongst his folks. And I think Kirk Douglas was just the man, right man at the time for that. that <laughs> All right. Broken arrow, Captain Hale. What are you giving him? Jason, I gave Captain Hale a seven. I thought he did a darn good job. Uh, you know, not eight, nine, 10 territory, but he held his own. Gave him a seven. Yeah. I'm right there with you. I think that's our first match game of the episode. He was well above average. I gave him kudos because, spoiler alert, I think you've already spoiled a little bit, but Travolta's really on his A-game on this movie. And he held his own with Travolta pretty much throughout the whole film. So I thought that was pretty admirable. That just leaves the sniper. All right. One shot, one kill. Who's getting it? It is going to hail in Broken Arrow, Christian Slater. Whoa. Nice. The day Christian Slater can beat Kirk Douglas is a good day for Christian Slater. (laughs) (laughs) When Cuffs can uh, take down Spartacus, (laughs) that's a strong day. (laughs) Cuffs is having a good day today. All right. Well, I think that wraps up my round. I'm going to pass it back to you for the villain. All right. Let's talk some villain in round three. Catch you at a bad time. All right. How memorable is your villain? How exciting is your villain? How menacing is your villain? How cool is your villain? I see good things on the horizon for Broken Arrow. And Chris, talk to me about John Travolta's performance in Broken Arrow. I absolutely loved it. I mean, he plays the villain in this so well. (laughs) He's he's loving every minute of it. (laughs) Oh, you, you can tell he is. You know, just the expressions in his face, how he carries himself on screen. And it's some of the lines he delivers. Like, would you mind not shooting at the nuclear warheads? <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. I tell you my favorite line, and I don't even I don't even have to tell you guys what happened right before he says. He just goes, hush, hush. <laughs> and now I'll tell the audience in case they didn't take our, our advice and watch the movie. He's killed a dude by hitting him in the throat with a flashlight because <laughs> mm-hmm. he wouldn't stop talking. <laughs> and then when he parks the vehicle he's like you know 
I've never actually killed a person before. <laughs> yeah. I don't see what the big deal is. <laughs> it's like, exactly. I don't see what the big deal is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cold, cold blooded. That to me was one of the, you know, scariest moments. Cause it's like, Holy cow, this guy is psychotic. You know, when it first starts off, you think I got the impression he was greedy. He was angry at the Air Force because he got passed over for promotion. You kind of see his attitude towards the general at the beginning of the films spoken in the briefing and everything. Like, okay, he's just kind of a washed up, bitter, greedy person. But then at that scene that you guys were talking about, I was like, no, this guy's crazy. <laughs> this guy is absolutely crazy. Uh, I will add uh, an additional fun fact is uh, you or some of our listeners may be familiar with the website. Ain't it cool news? That line that he gives in the movie. Yeah. Ain't it cool? That's where they got the name of their website. They based it off of that line. I thought that's kind of funny. Anything else on uh, Travolta? Jason, you kind of jumped in with Chris there. Did you have any additional thoughts? No, I think Chris covered it very well. I guess the only thing that I'll add that John Travolta was in great shape. You know, take the hair plugs out of the thing. You can't do anything about losing the hair. Yeah. <laughs> those were hair plugs? I'm sure. <laughs> Pretty sure those were hair plugs. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, did, he did look good. He, no, looked, he looked good. Yeah, yeah he was physically yeah. very intimidating. His presence on the screen was intimidating. So, yeah, expect a high score from me on this one. Awesome. Let's go to the final countdown. And I guess discuss the Japanese war fighting machine. <laughs> Jason, take the lead on final countdown in the villainy. Spoiler alert. The villain is a uh, world war two, Japan. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. They're the bad guys in this one. <laughs> so yeah, I, this one was kind of hard for me to, to decipher. Cause it's basically Japan on Pearl Harbor with um, Pearl Harbor Day, which is obviously you know one of the darkest days in our military history. I guess it was portrayed mostly by the captured Japanese pilot that we discussed. Uh, he, he was kind of the focal point of the whole whole menace. Didn't really last too long. So yeah, it, it was just kind of really hard for me to to score this one because you know everything about the villain. At this point, Mm. you know, it's just history. So I'll just leave it at that. Chris, what would you add? When I watch this, I I struggle. I'm like, all right, who's the villain here? Your your first jump would be to, well, it's Japan because they're attacking Pearl Harbor. But then I'm like, could it be time? You know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm like, I'm like getting way out here in my thinking. But, you know. That's valid. That's deep, man. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Who's the villain here? But, you know, when it comes right down to it, I mean, the the, the villain is Japan. I mean, you know it. And, I mean, it's right there. They're they're talking about it the whole time. It's like, wait, we're the day before Pearl Harbor. (laughs) So, I mean, and we all know what happened. So, Mm -hmm. it's there's no surprises there. Concur. So, yeah, a little vague there. So the uh, only thing left to do is really to score it. Let's go to Broken Arrow. Jason, we both really like Travolta on this. I suspect it's going to be an eight or higher. What do you got? You suspect correctly. It's an eight for me. Match game number two. I also scored him at an eight. What about Japan plus time equals difficult decision-making? <laughs> <laughs> well, here's, here's how I resolved it ultimately. Okay, so it's factually based. It's Japan, so it's five. I'll put it right in the middle of five. Okay. So then I asked myself, 
how well did they portray them? I thought that the aircraft looked good. They were converted AT-6 Texans, I believe, but they look like Japanese Zeros. I thought, uh, I can't remember the actor's name, but the guy that played the Japanese L- prisoner war. Lieutenant Hip from the Soon Teko. Thank you. Soon Teko did a really good job as the prisoner of war. So at the end of the day, I just bumped it up to a six. That's what. Okay, I did the same thought process, but I actually started at a four because they were just so faceless and it's like, eh, it's, it's just the Japanese military. And then because of his performance, I bumped it to the five. So exact same reasoning, but we just ended in a different place and, and we're not too far apart. Do you like the Japanese military machine or do you like John Travolta? Chris, the oh, question is <laughs> John Travolta. John Travolta hands down. <laughs> There is no debate on that one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this is so fun to watch. I mean, he makes the movie. Let's oh, he does. Yes. yes, he does. He does. <laughs> Christian Slater did good. John Travolta did great. I mean, mm-hmm. that's just how, how it goes. And that's the end of my round. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. We're going to talk about the spectacle, the overall spectacle. How visually engaging is the film overall? Not just visually, but... Audio, uh, audio, sound wise. How good is it sound wise? <laughs> uh, we're talking stunts, effects, uh, music, scoring, cinematography, all that good stuff. And we'll start with Chris this time. Uh, what did you think about the overall spectacle for Final Countdown? There wasn't a whole lot of spectacle in this one. You got the typical sequences of. You know, what happens on an aircraft carrier? Now, granted, I've never served in the military, but y- you could tell that they actually shot this stuff on a carrier. Mm-hmm, Those guys mm-hmm. were, you know, military personnel. I did some digging in the trivia and they said, yeah, most of the guys on screen are all military personnel. You get some good action sequences with the planes taking off and landing. You know, so I mean, that's really the spectacle with this movie is all the action and stuff going on with the aircraft carrier and the planes. I wouldn't yeah. say it was below average, but it was, it, I mean, it was average. Okay. Fair enough. Jared, how do you see it? You agree? Disagree? Well, you know that given the way we were raised and the toys we played with as kids and uh, <laughs> military family, that I really liked the aerial footage, the aircraft carrier footage. I was surprised at how good it was because I honestly, in my brain, the best naval combat air flying footage is from top gun and that's where it mm-hmm. all started no this footage is every bit as good as the footage from top okay gun. Yep. it looks really okay. good you you know being the nerdy military guy using the teaching point to jordan i didn't look it up in the trivia or anything but i said you know i bet all those deckhands and stuff are actual military because for those of you who don't know who are listening like deckhand work on a carrier is like some of the most dangerous work you right. can do I mean, it comes all the way down from anything at any given moment could snap and kill you to a really strong wind can blow you off. (laughs) (laughs) And there's a lot of stuff going on out there. A lot of moving parts. So I was really taken with how good the military footage was. Now, at some point, did I feel like, are they padding this movie out with good looking aviation footage? (laughs) I think they might have been. But I'm like, it just looks so good. It was very crisp. Can't say enough. If you're an airplane, aircraft, military aircraft, nut, or naval buff, you're going to love the footage. Mm-hmm. It, that is its strong suit. 
Yeah, I, 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 I will give it that because you, you didn't see it wasn't just the F-14s. It was the F-14s and was it an AWAC? I think the, yeah, the, the AWAC, helicopter, the choppers. Or you saw a variety of planes. It wasn't just dude, here's this cool F-14. You know, it's the best thing we got. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I saw A-6 intruders, A-7 Corsairs, mm-hmm. Vikings. Yep. Yep. Yeah, they mix it up. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Jason, I talked about this a little bit offline, is that falls under spectacle was sort of the, all the temporal time shift stuff. That was all done by special effects guru from the James Bond title sequences, Maurice Bender. No so, way. It, yeah, so mm-hmm. there's a cool Bond, two Bond connections, I guess, between him and yeah. Lieutenant Hip thought that was kind of neat to look at it you know i'd never seen anything quite like it before i'm only used to him doing title sequences for bond Mm -hmm. films and to see him do like sort of a set piece i guess in and out of time you know it's just kind of unique so anyway i've run my mouth i think jared and i are going to see things a little more eye to eye on spectacle for this one but let's talk about broken arrow and the spectacle there for 90s effects we'll start with jared this time what did you think of the overall spectacle for broken arrow Broken Arrow is a good example of a spectacle film where it sort of all comes together because the cinematography from out west in like Colorado, Montana, wherever there was, it was gorgeous. Sure was. The the action was hot. The explosions were cool. It's John Woo gunfights. It's got all those pieces and parts. And then I don't know about you, but every time I pick up the DVD or I or I look at the poster, I always just hear that. You know, that little guitar riff. And yes, I'm like, okay, good job on the music. Like a, an immediately identifiable music piece that just sticks with you. You know, you can hear that every time you see Travolta take a pull on that cigarette, just looking so freaking cool, you know. How he holds the cigarette. The way he holds it different, yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, so individually, a lot of it's like, okay, it's all pretty 90s, but it's like it, it like stirs into this glorious 90s pot that I'm going to give a good score to. I like the spectacle of it. All right, Chris, agree, disagree? What do you think? Oh, I agree. I mean, it's John Woo, so it is all spectacle, and it is great <laughs> because it's John Woo. <laughs> there you go. And on top of that, where I was watching the credits, I'm like, oh, my God, Hans Zimmer did the score for this. Yes. You know, and, and that guitar, you hear that guitar, <laughs> and you're like, it, just, it, it almost gives it an Old West feel. Oh, good old, point. Old, yeah. old Western type feel good to point. it. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Particularly with the setting, like we were talking about in the desert. Oh yeah, really it's that, in the desert. <laughs> yeah, have that showdown effect there. Uh, mm-hmm. We got a train at the end. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's we a got a train. Western. We got a showdown. <laughs> it, it is a western. Holy it's cow. a heist. <laughs> oh my Chris, goodness! You just stole the show, man. <laughs> well done, Chris. <laughs> all right, I think we're going to see. Uh, all three of us are going to see eye to eye on this one, but let's score them. Let's talk about Final Countdown, 1 through 10. Jared, what are you giving it? Just being a homer for that sweet, sweet military footage, I gave it a 7. I really like the, the oh, nice. footage of it. You take that, you add the Maurice Bender effects of the time travel. Yeah, I gave it a 7. Yeah, I wasn't quite as kind to it. I gave it a 6 because of the sweet footage. I really, I even enjoyed the aerial refueling part of the movie. I thought that was really cool, <laughs> just that the camera angles... I enjoyed the fact that it looked like most of the action was them actually flying the planes, not model work. Yep. It, mm-hmm. And so and all I like, appreciated very legit. that. And then finally, I don't know, Jared, if you remember, but I used to have a model F-14 
mm-hmm. in my room. Yeah. And it was uh, VF84, the Jolly Rogers. Yes. And that was the was the VF84 Jolly Rogers that were on the oh. aircraft carrier there. So I was like, oh, it's my, it's my boys. <laughs> like, like I ever knew them, but I just thought that was good too. <laughs> well, at the end of the day, you gave a seven. I scored it a, a six. Let's talk about Broken Arrow, one through ten. Jared, what are you giving it? Again, it's uh, synergy greater than the sum of its parts. I think it is everything glorious about the 90s one package. And I bumped it all the way to an eight. Well, we got our second match game here because that's what I gave it as well. Third match game. I stand corrected. Jeez, Laurel. Where are you at, man? Got to keep me straight on these things. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I agree. This is the 90s at its finest. 90s can be real hit or miss. <laughs> <laughs> And this one was a hit, Well, you know, we've talked about it before, too. Not an over-reliance on CGI. A lot of practical stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes. Fair point. That's always a bonus for me. Especially in the 90s. Yes. That's where it can go wrong real fast. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, just to elaborate on that point a little bit, because there, there was a little bit of CGI in there, but it knew its limitations. Yep. You mm-hmm. know, and yep. they yep. used yep. it sparingly, and they used it wisely. And the rest of it was practical effects, and I got to think that's probably thanks to John Woo. He does like physical action, as do we here on Action Film Face-Off. <laughs> so that just leaves the sniper crawling in the bushes. He's got one bullet he can give to the, the overall spectacle. Chris, are you going to give it to Broken Arrow, or are you going to give it to the final countdown? Oh, it is definitely going to Broken Arrow. Oh, Broken Arrow just taking Woo! the bullets. Woo! I was like... Just loving every minute of it here. That's awesome. Yeah. My wife and I were talking about this. She goes, well, yeah, I mean, come on. It's all spectacle. (laughs) That's definitely where your point's going. Yeah. yeah. It's like you build a movie like Broken Arrow and and everybody on the whole cast crew, everybody's like, this is a spectacle film. You make Final Countdown. They're like, this is a think piece. You know, Mm -hmm. this is an intelligent movie. (laughs) Blow stuff up. (laughs) (laughs) And we've gone this far without even mentioning Delroy Lindo. Come on, we got to get some. Oh, that's right. Yes. (laughs) And Kurtwood Smith. That's true, too. I think he was the young guy, right? Oh, the young guy? He's he's the guy with the glasses. He was back at uh, the headquarters talking with the generals. Right, right. Yeah, that's the guy I was thinking of. The one that said, I don't know what's scarier that uh, (laughs) somebody's stolen a stolen a nuclear weapon or it happens so often you guys have a name for it. Here's a fun fact. Broken arrow is not is actually not the term for a stolen weapon. It's I believe it's a empty quiver. Empty quiver quiver, is correct, sir. Yeah, I I was going to bring that up. Well done, Chris. Well done. He did his homework because the broken arrow, though, that's where one goes down. They lose Mm -hmm. control of it. Yeah, they lose control of it. In all fairness, that's what they thought happened. It's an incident. Yeah, (laughs) as they call it, an incident. Yeah. (laughs) But they should have during the movie, so maybe we need to take this off deduction rounds that we don't have a broken arrow. We have an empty quiver. <laughs> but the title sounds way cooler. Yeah, 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 yeah. That doesn't work as a title, though. <laughs> empty quiver. Empty quiver sounds like something you have on the Lifetime channel. <laughs> <laughs> Meredith Baxter Bernie in Empty, empty Quiver. quiver. <laughs> Yeah, Broken Arrow puts more butts in seats, I think. <laughs> Crack myself up with my own joke. <laughs> oh, man. All right. I'm done. Take it away. <laughs> cool, cool. Then let's move on to round five. Come here. I got it. 
Yes, you do. Round five is the action round. We pretend it's my round, but it's really Jason's round to make up funny names for the action scenes. Probably won't have to spend a whole lot of time in the final countdown. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I suppose what we'll do is we will start with the action scenes from Broken Arrow. Jason, break it down for us, please. I've got six. The first four are video game related, last two movie related. I was okay. trying to get a theme between them, but anyway, you'll figure it out. Right. So the, the first action scene starts right off the opening. Boxing ring scene, mm-hmm. and then I end it at the, the fight scene in the cockpit when Christian Slater gets ejected out. That's, okay. that's the first action scene. I called that one Punch Out. Video game theme recognized. Mm-hmm. Proceed. Mm-hmm. So the second one is after he stumbles upon the park ranger. Their first really big action scene was with the helicopter when they send the helicopter to go kill them. That's kind of cool. Yeah. And so they end up shooting down the helicopter. I called that one chopper strike. Another video game. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Third action scene is when the team that's going in to secure the nuclear weapons turns out that Howie Long is a bad guy. And there's the big firefight between them and the other bad guys as they're ambushed in the cabin. I called that one Duke Nukem. All right. Three for three in video games. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Fourth one is the chase uh, in the Humvees when they jump on the Humvee and they take it Raiders of the Lost Ark style and so forth and so on. Mm-hmm. I called that one Off-Road Fury. Okay. Now we're moving to movie themes. The last two are movie <laughs> themes because they, they just work better. So... <laughs> The next one is where the big shootout in the mine that ends up with the nuclear detonation in the mine shaft. I called that one enemy mine. No, I thought oh. the shaft is one bad mother. <laughs> that would have been a good one, too. Enemy mine, though. I like that. I like that. Enemy mine. And then the final one, the coup de grace, was the final showdown on the train. And I called that one throw Jana from the train. All right. <laughs> Just... They can't all be winners. They can't all be winners. <laughs> Just for everyone's edification out there, there is a video game. It's very, very popular where you can play Howie Long, and that would be Tecmo Bowl, a very popular old Nintendo game, and uh, Howie Long's playable of the L.A. Raiders when you're on defense. <laughs> Just, oh, okay. Just so you know. Yeah, he is. Interesting. When you're on defense, yeah, you can select him. That's who I always select when I'm on defense. Right. Like, Howie Long, he can, he's pretty good at running people down. Action um, goes on. There you go. Okay, so we're going to find out what everybody's favorite action scene was from Broken Arrow, but we'll score them when we double back. Okay. So, uh, Chris, what was your favorite action scene from Broken Arrow of the ones Jason provided us there? I am going with the firefight in the mine. Okay. Yeah, that's a good one. That's good, a good one. one. Oh, yeah. choice. Jason? Enemy mine. That's yes, his. Enemy mine. <laughs> I did enjoy Enemy Mine, but I liked throw Jonna from the train a little bit better. There's just a lot of action going on there. So I'm going to throw Jonna from the train. I will join you on the train. Although I gave a lot of thought to that mind fight. And I actually kind of like that Raiders of the Lost Ark style Humvee chase. Yeah. That yeah. Was that was the first thing I thought of. You know, you said Raiders of the Lost Ark, you know, when he flies off the back, I'm like, ah, the old Raiders of the Lost Ark dragging behind <laughs> the Humvee, you know, <laughs> it was good. It was good. Scene. It was good. Yeah. But, you know, a lot of people like to clown that train scene because there's sort of like, there's a, sort of like a roar noise when the, when the rocket knocks yeah. bolt out. Yeah. The, like there's a roar. People are like, that's so stupid. And I'm like, no, it's not. It's awesome. Cause it's nineties as hell. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, you know, and then John Travolta just like squares off. He squares off like he's just on. waiting for it. Come at me, bro. Come on. Yeah, he does square <laughs> up with that look. So I love it. Anyways, so I'm with you on that, but I I don't blame Chris for the mind fight is quite good. Now I went back and forth on those two, to be honest. Those were both very good. Okay, so let's break down. What do you got? What do you, what do you got? <laughs> There's not a lot of action in Final Countdown. It's more of a thinking man's piece. It's a little bit. So what do you got? I kind of stretched for Seb. Fair warning, you're going to have to bleep one of these. There's always one. <laughs> There's one that just had to go with it. The other thing, too, you know, advanced warning, what's going to make these funny is at the end of every one, when I say what it is, go, the final countdown. Just play the da 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 So just play the theme at the end of every one. And then As the editor of the podcast, if I don't do it, will it make you look stupid? we'll see how it all comes out first one i thought was kind of a cool action scene was when they have to i think it was the corsair the a7 corsair that after they went through the portal it was trying to land and they didn't have the instruments and they had to put up the net thing to catch it i thought that was pretty cool i called that one nothing but net (laughs) you got it (laughs) i helped you out a little bit there the second one is the Seen with the F-14s that square off against the Japanese zeros as they're strafing the boat. I called that one uh, Burning Japanese. Because <laughs> 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 you're burning one, Japanese and a turning Japanese. <laughs> right, right. I really yeah, think, I so. think so. <laughs> yeah. So uh, this one you're going to have to bleep, I'm afraid. Because <laughs> I thought this one was it was kind of an action scene. I just thought it was funny was when they're rescuing the folks from the boat. Captain What's-His-Name realizes there's like a sexy woman in the boat. <laughs> yes! <laughs> I call that one. Yes. I don't care that I can't swim. I'm going to get that. <laughs> I, I was watching that with Johanna, and I was like, I noticed he didn't jump in for anybody. Nope. He didn't, yeah, didn't her. Is that a woman? He was like, he was like that dog has to stay here. <laughs> <laughs> like really you're really focused there bro <laughs> damn that's a good looking woman he's been at yeah. sea for a while Look at him some sweat. Yeah, yeah. he's just like <laughs> looking out he's like watching this thing he's like <laughs> and he just <laughs> jumps in like like kool-aid man busting through a wall like oh yeah oh yeah all right the fourth one was the standoff with the japanese prisoner of war when he wanted a translator i said you want a translator let this business end of my M16 do the talking. <laughs> and then the fifth one, I call it finale tease, because I was like, oh. oh, oh. <laughs> and then they let they us down. It's like some ships. <laughs> and then it's like, ah, oh, the hole's back. Oh, <laughs> back to the oh. Like, no. So those were the five I came up with. Because I still thought it was a cool scene when it showed them the montage of them launching all the planes and the planes flying in formation. I thought it looked really cool. Yeah. They let us down, ultimately. They did. All right. Which one was your favorite? Mine, I chose Burning Japanese. I thought the Mm dogfight between the Zeros and the F-14s was pretty cool. All right, Chris? I went with nothing but net. I just think that's flat out impressive that they can stop mm-hmm. a jet like that, you know, any jet on an aircraft carrier with this 
that net. <laughs> like, yeah. wow, that actually works. Holy crap. <laughs> uh, funny story. I was being nerd dad when we were watching it because my 15-year-old was watching it with us too. He was watching them land and, you know, at the very beginning, they're landing planes. And I'm like, all right, Jordan, how do they land an aircraft on an aircraft carrier? There's not much room. He's like, there's a hook and it grabs the wire. And I was like, that's correct. You know, and they showed him coming in. And I was like, what happens when the hook's broken? <laughs> I had no idea he was going to find out. <laughs> and, uh, he's like, I don't know. How would they do if the hook's broken? And then about that time, they're like, oh, we got to put the net up. And I was like, oh, snap. You get to see it. Here it comes. Having said all that, I chose the uh, standoff. Uh, with the Japanese prisoner. Because <laughs> at least somebody got shot. <laughs> I mean, no one had the most sort of tactical action, but it, you know, had an element of sadness to it, you know, because, you know, some mm-hmm. good guys got shot and killed. And then, like, you have to feel bad for the Japanese dude, you know, because he's that like, that guy what? had to be, what, what the is world? going on here, you know? And I did it, not sign it, up for this. Is, yeah, so well, well performed and well acted. Let's double back and score them. Jason, we both picked the train, I do believe. And mm-hmm. Broken Arrow, you liked it to the tune of? I liked it to the tune of an eight. I thought it was uh, well, well above average. I thought it was good action scene okay i i gave it a seven but uh i feel the same way just i guess you just like to touch more than i did i love that see where he spins the the little blade on the back of the helicopter and knocks the shotgun out of the guy's hand that was cool <laughs> and didn't he like uh sabotage the helicopter too so that guy blew himself up <laughs> yep, yeah oh, <laughs> yeah what they do they shot uh or they punched holes in the fuel tank or he shot holes in the fuel tank i think it was yeah i think he like took apart the cables and everything so when the guy tried to start it up it sparked it would, it would spark, and then it, yeah and then, it, and then it blew up the helicopter final countdown which one did you pick jason you liked burning japanese i right, liked uh, down the, the zeros. Zeros. yeah i gave that one a six again i liked the practical use of the actual aircraft i thought it was really cool seeing there the Japanese Euros and the F-14s, even if it was a pretty one-sided dogfight there at the end. <laughs> yeah, cool I, watch. I couldn't get excited about any of them. Uh, the one that actually excited me probably the most, I don't think it was on your list, was when all old dude blew himself up in the rescue. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, I was wondering about you missed that. Yeah, yeah, I was going to call that one a flair for the dramatic. Oh, <laughs> I forgot all about that one. <laughs> I, I thought about it. I just didn't write it down. Shoot. Because, I mean, that dude was just like, just blew himself yeah. <laughs> And, man, was that helicopter made out of, like, paper mache or something? Because <laughs> it went up so fast. <laughs> well, what's what's the joke? Helicopters exist in movies for one reason, to blow up. <laughs> yeah, right. Apparently. Uh, I ended up picking uh, the standoff with the translation from my gun or whatever you call it. <laughs> I call it. Uh, what did I call that? You want a translator? Let my M16 do the talking. There you go. <laughs> and I just gave it a five. I thought it was, you know, good TV movie quality. Fine. Just five. I felt like a lot of the stuff in that movie action was a five. It's a good, really solid movie, but not the greatest contestant that we've ever had on action film face off. So when it comes to Sniper, just which movie do you think had better action scenes? I bet I know the answer, Chris. <laughs> Broken Arrow. Broken Arrow. So there we have it. One thing left to do, Jason. All right. Well, now we're going to do the round for the ridiculous. I was taking shrapnel and caisson while you were crapping in your hands and rubbing it on your face. The deduction round. We're going to minus it. What did you think was ridiculous to the point you're going to take a point or two off of 
Final countdown. Jared. Nothing. It's fine. Nothing yeah. bothered me. Me neither. What about Broken Arrow? Broken Arrow is interesting because there's plenty of things that are ridiculous in it, but because it's a ridiculous movie, and that's the whole point, to have ridiculous fun, I ended up not taking anything off, even though I felt like like a lot of people clown it, especially in the Air Force community, because they're like, okay, we're going to go to stealth mode, and they press a little button, and then Air Force people are like, oh, a button for stealth mode, and I'm like, yeah, you ever flown one of those? How do you know how it works? Yeah, I, hey, there I might be a it. button for all I know. I don't know. <laughs> you know, that's what they did in Airwolf. They had whisper mode. In Airwolf. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, that's right. So people clown it for that. People clown it for, like I said, the roaring missile and John Travolta squaring up on it. But I'm like, that's all glorious cheese. So I honestly, at the end of the day, came away with nothing. I I feel like you might have spotted something I missed, though. What, you got anything? Well, if you remember my rant about tomorrow never dies. Remind using me. the helicopter to try to chop people up. Did they do that again in that movie? Yeah, yeah they yeah, did. Yeah, I think it was on the train, wasn't right. it? Right. He's like, you're like a haircut. And then it goes down and they use the rotor blade to like knock the guy off the train. It's like, mm-hmm. you got a rifle. Just shoot him, man. It's, yeah. come Trying to crash your own helicopter is not a good strategy. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, Delroy. Come on, man. We expect <laughs> more from you. <laughs> recipe so delroy didn't make it out in that movie <laughs> he didn't no i no, forgot that no, too i was like yeah. oh no <laughs> delroy i also explained to my son i was like that's delroy lindo he's in everything between 1992 and 1999 <laughs> <laughs> he's a good actor though i really like him mm-hmm. and just about everything he's, he's always in, welcome so. he's always welcome mm-hmm. so yeah i'm gonna take one point off for that all right. We don't uh, have any deductions for the sniper, as you probably know, Chris. But if you have any airing of grievances, we will hear them at this time. I got nothing for the final countdown. But Broken Arrow, I mean, now this is a minor plot point. Deacons has, he's being funded by this other guy and his associates. Who are these guys? And what in the world is their plan? I, I just say, I watched the movie twice in the last three months. And I was thinking, I want to know. <laughs> yeah, what is the grand scheme there? That's well, yeah, question. yeah. Yeah, who is this guy? He's obviously got a lot of money. Right. Apparently, we're only supposed to understand it from Travolta's point of view, which is, I'm going to get rich, and that's the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You bring a good question, too, because I've often thought that, like, what was the overall plan? What were they going to do? <laughs> Interesting. Well, all right, that's the end of our official rounds. All right, folks, don't worry if you haven't been keeping up with the math at home. We do that for you at Action Film Face-Off. And those of you who are keeping up with Match Game, I think we only had three Match Games this episode, but we were like one point off on every single one. Yeah, we were close, yeah. So three Match Games was the answer. As far as our sniper goes, four of his five points went to Broken Arrow and one to the final countdown. But the moment you've all been waiting for, the winner of this episode of Action Film Face-Off with a total score of 76 to 64 is Broken Arrow. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) Well, congratulations to Broken Arrow. Well, it's time to head over to the randomizer and find out what the years are going to be for our next episode. My brother Jared will be pulling a film from... Choose Your Destiny. 
1981. The stay in the early 80s, it looks like. And I will bring a film from... Choose Your Destiny. Two thousand eight. What will those films be? We'll tease them on social media for those of you who want to watch before listening, Dave. Or you can tune in next episode and find out. I am going to jump in here, Jason, and give everybody a teaser because I promised them at the front that I would. Next episode is going to be a special episode. <gasps> fr- oh, I know, right? A friend of ours over at the Fire and Water Podcast Network goes by the name Siskoid is. The biggest martial arts film buff I have ever met. And he loves the show. We're going to be turning the keys over to him. I have sent him years of 81 and 2008, and he's already sent me the films that we're going to watch. So, (gasps) What am I watching? Let's put it on mute so the Caribbeans can't hear us. So I'm thinking we're going to call the next episode an Enter the Ciscoid episode. (laughs) Ciscoid going to give us two kung fu films to watch and we are going to review them and he will be the sniper so look forward to that all right you gonna throw shurikens though no (laughs) (laughs) not the budget (laughs) all right well i'm excited but until then i'm jason weasel skull albrick and you can find me on social media at weasel skull on twitter or jason albrick on facebook and instagram and you can find me, Jared Albrecht, the Yard Sale Artist, a.k.a. Death Rope, at Yard Sale Artist, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. It's all at Yard Sale Artist. Black Belt Chris, people want to chat with you about action films and just your generally being a nice guy. Where could they find you? They can find me on Twitter at Black Belt X21. Black Belt X21. Sounds like a pretty cool movie name. It does, yeah. <laughs> I like that. Okay, well, be sure to check out uh, Chris. He's a good follow on Twitter. I can verify that. And be sure to check out all the shows under the Longbox Crusade umbrella by subscribing to Longbox Crusade on iTunes, Google Play, pretty much all of your finer podcatches where you're listening right now. You can go to www.longboxcrusade.com. And if you'd like to send us a question or a comment about Action Film Face Off, you can hit us up on Twitter at AFFO Podcast. And we're also available to talk with on live chat because we do a little something called doing it live stream on youtube the second sunday of every month 3 30 p.m central time you can come chat with us in the live space get signed up for that by heading over to youtube look up long box crusade give us a subscription won't you all right thanks for tuning in we appreciate you listening and until next episode keep your head down and your knuckles up the intro and outro theme to this show and all of our action film face-off shows are done by musical genius joe november check out his soundcloud at j-o-s-e-f-l-i-n-9-9 you will not regret it I may even have to edit this out or whatever, but it made me wonder. I was like, okay, Kirk Douglas and Martin Sheen in the same movie. Were their sons ever in the same movie? And they were. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was Wall Street. Wall Street. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's apropos of nothing, but it made me think like, is Michael Douglas and Charlie Sheen or Emilio Estevez been in a movie together? And I was like, Wall Street. They were in Wall Street. <laughs> Oh, very and good. that very was good. valueless. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> clip, clip, clip on the floor. <laughs> <laughs>
She's gonna blow him away. <laughs> <laughs>